March is Women's History Month, and we've decided to invite some of our artist friends to talk about their favorite women artists. In this episode, Kara Williams talks about American figurative painter Lisa Uscavage. This is the Virtual Salon Podcast, and I'm Lisa Sokolovskaya. My name is Kara Williams. I'm a painter living in Valley-Lac, Quebec, and I also work in Montreal. The artist I chose is painter Lisa Yuskavich. She was um, someone who was introduced to me when I was an undergrad as a painting student with my painting professor, Mark Greenwald, who is also a New York City artist. Lisa Yuskavich, she was born in Philadelphia in 1962. To a working class family and she went to um, Yale to get her MFA and she now lives and works in New York City. And um, what struck me about her work when I was introduced to her, it was around 2000 and she came to my school to give, give an artist talk and I really enjoyed the way she discussed her work and of course the image she showed because I was going to school in upstate New York so it wasn't a far journey and my professor would, he would commute back and forth from New York City to uh, upstate New York. It was SUNY Albany um, to teach. So what I really like about her work is, of course, the color and the forms. And, you know, this was the time of, um, what was that Saatchi show, Sensation, I believe, around that time. I've just admired her work since then because I liked how she talked about making work that's almost a bit embarrassing, you know, kind of. She made She had this quote where... I intentionally embarrass myself. My work embarrasses me. And she was kind of shameless about, you know, portraying herself as like social climber, you know, like nose picker. Like it was just about the shame and the way that we portray our bodies and the way that we perceive ourselves. And she struck me as someone who did a lot of self-examination and would bring all of that into her work in a way that is kind of off-putting in a way. It's both seductive and kind of repellent, her work, you know, so... Do you find that her work has changed a lot? Um, the things that I enjoy about it I still remain, like the color, the work with a figure, the exaggerated forms, you know, the, the psychological depth, sort of bold braveness. Um, I think like it's changed in ways that are sort of natural to artistic development. Um, what's interesting is that I became a, such a fan of hers before I even um, became a pornographer myself. And she works so much with imagery from like 70s pornography and you know the hypersexualized female figure and back when I was introduced to her work I was not openly open to my sexuality at all you know I was pretty repressed like pretty young as well there was a time you were repressed yeah like back in my 20s early 20s <laughs> I was repressed <laughs> it's an interesting word for you to use because like I can't imagine that yeah anyone who when they're younger, they, they might be uncertain or they might be, you know, not fully themselves. But it's weird because, like, I wouldn't imagine you actually being repressed. I could imagine you being hesitant and uncertain and maybe not overtly. I would say repressed in the comparison to who I am now. Like, I was not aware of my sexuality, my sexual interests. I was not aware even at this time that I was bisexual. Like, I was, I was uncertain about my sexual identity, you know, so... I think growing up, I also grew up in a similar background to um, Lisa. I was raised Christian in a Methodist community and in rural upstate New York. And although she grew up in the city, she was raised Catholic. She was actually considering becoming a nun before she decided to become a painter. So 
yeah <laughs> like there's that, that you know sometimes when people are very repressed and religious upbringing you know that can kind of burst out later on and i guess i kind of feel and relate to that in her so I had the I had the chance of seeing her work in person, actually a show of hers three years ago, maybe at Zwerner. And she had a big show and it's, you know, her more recent work. They're a little smaller. They're not maybe as detailed in some areas. They have a different feel altogether. But now that I'm looking at some of the older stuff, it makes me think a little bit. I don't know if you know Milo Minari. He's um, an Italian uh, illustrator who does kind of kind of erotic drawings he like he redid Gulliver's adventures with this beautiful girl that like wakes up on a beach and she's all naked and she has like full lips and like beautiful hair and she just prances around for the whole thing just like naked and there are little people looking at her and being like oh my god look at the breasts and there is that kind of lush femininity the synchronicity with you bringing up Gulliver's travels and us mentioning porn is really hilarious because I just did a custom commission where I had to pretend to be a giantess with tons of little people who tied me down and were crawling out of my body. So it's just a... You should definitely check out Manara's book because like there is a scene where she's like all tied up by little weird people. And like that, yeah, that, that lush and almost kind of not necessarily innocent sexuality, but it kind of... I think it's the sexuality probably of the 70s when no one, like, it's not too hardcore. It, it's quite pretty. It's very, there, there's a clear gender division. Like, the woman looks extremely womanly with the curves, like the traditional curves, and the men will look more angular and whatnot. And I feel like Lisa has a similar vibe that kind of lush softness of her female figures. The colors, the shapes, like although some of the subjects are sort of off-putting or, you know, excessively um, in your face and hyper-sexualized, exaggerated, there's also, of course, like a strong element of like beauty and, you know, painterly skill and, you know, like softness. There's like fruits and flowers everywhere. You know, it's not pure ugliness in any way, shape or form. Even her ugly attracts the eye. Like, whether it's just with color. So I'm kind of a sucker for bright colors. I'm not really a big fan of, like... I don't really need things to be perfectly virtuosic, but I can appreciate, like, her use of paint. I'm mostly interested in her for her brave exploration of her own interests, you know, despite what anyone will think. Like, I found it interesting to read about um, her early years as an artist. She actually had a really hard time selling work for quite a long time. She had to borrow money from her mom. She couldn't sell a paint a lot of paintings because they were too in your face. She, you know, eventually was selling them for like very low prices and, you know, it took her a while to become established. She still doesn't really get many museum shows apparently because of the nature of the work. And I don't know, I was talking to you, Lisa, recently I think about the female nude or just nude painting period and how people respond to it still to this day in twenty twenty one. Even people who like art often respond very negatively or, you know, just emphatically to seeing a nude. And when I read about criticism of her work, some of it's quite valid. Like they might say it's just, it's too kitsch or whatever, but just to play up on the, the theme of the nude, it just becomes clear that her work makes people uncomfortable. The nudes, the hypersexuality, like the big nipples, the big bushes, and that people, you know, might maybe simultaneously 
aroused and repelled by the nude because they maybe don't, you know, they don't like the feelings that it triggers in them. They didn't want to get horny at the art gallery or they're afraid of their children seeing it. Like people talk about like, what if a child sees a nude? And I just find it very interesting that, you know, to this day, people lack our education to they just need to lift their own shirt up to see the nude. There are so many nudes all around us. When our, we, we live in a nude body. Everybody pretty much looks at porn. Um, most people have sex. Like, why are we still so um, such a puritanical society that we have these knee-jerk reactions to the nude? I just find it interesting that shirt work still brings up this sort of response in people. Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I had a certain um, transition myself from being someone very prudish, um, very concerned with covering my nudity. I remember going to the swimming pool with my mother and I would put my swimsuit before we would leave so that I didn't have to be naked in the changing rooms. And then I would, you know, I would go into the bathroom. I wouldn't change in the changing rooms because there, there were open stalls and I would change in the bath. And my mom's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you so weird? And yeah, I was like that. And then at some point I was like, I don't care. I need to change. I will change now. But you didn't get raised religious. No, and it wasn't it wasn't about any kind of religiosity, but it was this kind of weird relationship to the body. So I assume that everyone had that, you know, when you're a kid, you're a little bit uncertain when you're a teenager, you're very concerned with nudity and then you grow out of it. But it seems like you don't. Many people don't. Like I remember being in, when I used to go to the gym in Toronto, I would go to the, like I would see a lot of women who would go and hide in stalls to change, you know, like they didn't want to even change in front of other women, you know? I don't know if it's partly like North American culture, like you weren't raised in North American culture yourself. So it's kind of perhaps universal or, but this, this sexual repression, this obsession at the same time, like I can speak as an American, this obsession with sexuality and this complete consternation towards it at the same time, which as a sex worker, I feel very um, strongly this way that people are drawn to sexuality so much that they're willing to pay for images of girls nude, even, you know, then they're pointing, they're jerking off with one hand and pointing the finger with the other is something that some of my comrades will say. And that's kind of reminds me I have a little story about um, when open studios, like at the Belgo in Montreal, it's a building of art studios and art galleries. And once a year before the pandemic, we would have like open studios for Nuit Blanche or for other events. You know, so the public would come in and they were not, sometimes they were not the most um, art educated public. So you would get drunk like dude bros coming in and like snickering at the, my nude paintings and things. And it always just amused me to see like the general public's response to my art. There was just such a cornucopia of responses and to witness that live and to have people, you know, being kind of intoxicated and commenting on it was really funny. Um, there was one woman who came in and she looked at a nude. I think it was a little bit maybe shocking. The woman might have had a strap on on in the painting that I had, you know, it was a bit provocative. And she was like, it's so shocking to come into a public space and see a nude woman. <laughs> Okay, I guess you've never been to a museum. But um, then other people like bring their children in and then quickly scurrying out with their children. Like, But at the same time, at that time, I was sharing a studio with a lovely um, theater producer and puppet maker and actor, Zach Fraser. And he would frequently come into the studio and bring his small children who were maybe like three and five. And they were very sweet. And he um, his wife was Italian and they would spend a lot of time on like topless beaches in Italy and places like that. 
so their children were used to nudity. They were raised around it. They weren't raised to think that it's shocking or disgusting or shameful at all. So he was not at all concerned to bring his children in where I was making kind of risque paintings, not one bit. And they would be interested and they would look at the, the paintings and they wouldn't, I had a painting of you, a nude painting of you, Lisa. Lisa. Um, at that time, I've told you this story with, with a bunch of wolves and you're like, sort of like the leader of the pack, you know, it was about um, my vision of what it would be like, say, if we returned to the wild, like a woman raised with wolves or something. That was the idea. And they were so fascinated with the painting because, you know, of the wolves. And <laughs> the one of the little boys, he pointed to, to you and he was like, it's the wolves and their mother. And I just thought it was so sweet. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. They didn't see a nude. They didn't see the nude as anything shocking or to be afraid of or, you know, shameful. They just thought of it as part of the story. I wonder what, what would people say if they visited Juscavage's studio. Like, I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall. Like, I wonder what kind of comments she got. I'm sure you would get a lot of interest. She's also someone who likes to shock, and I appreciate that about her. Like, that's another thing, that way that I can relate to her. She will take risks and embarrass herself, and I also do that with my work. And I feel like that's an interesting territory. When you're pushing yourself to the point, when you know that people are going to look at your work, then you might get exhibited. You might have to submit your work for approval or rejection by some authority. And to just put images out, either of yourself, or showing your desires, or showing your you know, deep fucked upness, you know, to the world, like that's brave. You can look completely ridiculous and you're like putting yourself on the line to look completely preposterous or disgusting or, you know, I just find that interesting when artists will do that. So I admire that about her. You got, you got also no matter what one might think about her art, whether they like the subject matter or not, like you have to give her her due, which is she has she has an incredible handle on painting. She has an incredible handle on um, color. Use of light is fantastic, um, and you know, like it's kitschy for sure. And I I heard someone um, refer to it as yes, yeah, she comes from a working class background, and she you know doesn't try to be high end, you know, even though of course she is. Like her paintings sell for like millions of dollars now, or million dollars average. But, you know, like, why not just accept where we are? Like, it, we're, we're painting, she's painting influenced by pop culture, by art society, which is hypersexualized, And we're painting what we know as well, as well as what truly interests us. And I feel like more artists need to do that. Like, just paint what actually interests you and obsesses you. Like, don't be afraid. Yeah. Yeah. And she's staying very true to that. Oh, wow. I, just, I went on, to, on her website and looked at the stuff she did in 85 to 89. Well, that's different. I mean, there's still, there's similar compositions, but... I don't think she really had become herself in the 80s. I think she was more doing, like, learning her skills, learning how to work with a figure. She was only about 20, in her 20s at that time in the 80s, so we're all kind of discovering our, our way. Yeah, they're so objectified, you know, like... The women in the, the paintings from the 80s, there's so much. But it's interesting also as a female artist, of course, to to paint the woman that's objectified. You know, it's talk, it's speaking about... What I find interesting about her work, too, is that at the same time as that she's painting about objectification, she's doing the same thing. Like, it's clear that she's excited about this objectification concept, you know, herself. Like, it's not like she's condemning it, you know? It's not a so much of the objectification of women in fact engaging in it 
But she's like self-conscious about the appeal, like the the seductiveness of the female body, and the way that it's objectified, the way that it becomes like matter, mass, shape, form, um, a commodity to be sold. You know. But she's also like exploring the psychological territory and also the desire, like. As a woman, you know, who does porn myself, like I'm very aware of these issues of you know, self-objectification, and also like that's a kink for some people, like objectification kink or like bimbofication kink. Like some people are actually like turned on by that, and um, you know, whether they're male or female or queer or not, it's um, it just there's no real answer to it. Like I think that it's just a comp- complexity of human nature that is she's exploring over and over ad nauseum in fact (laughs) yeah i think a lot about that because i think a lot about the depiction of the female body by those that don't live in a female body and i have certain feelings and certain opinions about that and i wonder it's the thing that is said about humor and what is an offensive joke and what is a not offensive joke and that there are jokes that cross lines but what seems to me to be a common denominator is that when something is done well, when a joke is very good, even though it is talking about very difficult subject, like when it's a good joke, it's a good joke. Everyone's like, I'm a little bit uncomfortable, but it was a very good joke. And same thing with paintings. I think that when a painting depicting a female nude is so, so good, it doesn't really matter who painted it. It's just that oftentimes people make bad paintings with women in them. And then I'm like, you know what? If you're going to be doing bad paintings, stick to your own body. <laughs> you like that? And in her case, I think that not only does she have the fact that like, yeah, she's she's a woman, so she has access and it's a different, it's a different emotion that is there. And a lot of her stuff is good. Like I wouldn't buy it, I wouldn't hang it, but I would go to a show and look. She's someone that I've um, admired now for over 20 years. Like, I don't, don't follow her extremely closely. I don't live in an area where her shows have been. But she's been a consistent influence for me. Probably more about the color and the boldness. Like, her and my professor, Mark Greenwald, at the time, like, the art I was exposed to at the time, the painting I was exposed to, was formative for my own practice. Like, I was more one to take um, pictures of myself and... That was something that my my painting professor, who introduced me to, to Lisa Yaskevich, would ask us to do. He would ask us to paint something that was difficult, like a nightmare or um, an aspect of ourselves that maybe we didn't like. He sometimes he would have us collage ourselves, cut up an image of ourselves, and then put it two back together and then paint, paint that sort of like a fractalized image. And um, just had us all really excited and terrified at the same time to be, you know, digging deep into the recesses of our own psychology and our own bodies. And that was a really, I appreciated all the artists that he exposed us to. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this short episode, please share it with others, review us on Apple Podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at The Artist Confluence. If you would like to hear more about Kara Williams and her work, you can listen to our third episode, Kara Williams, Mysticism, Sex Work, and Astrology.